Hi, this is Chris. And this is John. And you're listening to the Nerdy Dadcast. So it's good to get back together since the best episode that you and I have ever recorded, like we're talking, it was so awesome that it broke the internet. It was a thing of beauty. I mean, honestly, I I don't think we can get any better than that. It, it was, you know, episode five, what it should have been. And uh, we were both there and we were both in and we were both on topic. We were both on fine form. And then, yeah, it broke. Yeah. The technology troubles... You know, it has to do with gremlins. I don't know if it was you. It might have been me. Both of us were probably feeding them, you know, after midnight. And I mean, if you've not seen the movie, then unfortunately you don't know what type of damage they can cause when you do stupid stuff like that. Yeah, and I had a beautiful new mic. It was my first night with my new mic, and uh, the gremlin got inside it. And yeah, it's, uh, yeah, don't feed them after midnight. Yeah. Anyhow, uh, we are back together. Hopefully, cross our fingers, pray to the tech gods, and um, all praise be to the internet. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Is there a god of the internet? <laughs> a deity that I should offer tribute to? We should probably look that up. We can Google it or something. Yeah. So hopefully things work out well this time around. But Less more about the episode that didn't actually happen to be. Uh, let's talk about the episode that will be. Uh, and it's going to be about social media and the fact uh, sharing pictures of your kids can sometimes be problematic. Um, I had actually put this on our, our possible uh, topic list. Uh, and it was actually uh, the topic that really got me going about the possibility of a, a fatherhood uh, podcast. So some backstory here. Uh, I'm a, a, a white cap season ticket holder. Um, John, you were a white cap season ticket holder as well. I so was very briefly, ago. yes, long time ago. Yeah. But uh, at a, a match just this past season, I had taken, uh, or my wife had taken a picture of Baby Force uh, up in the kids area, uh, sitting on these like beanbag soccer chairs, and uh, Baby Force she likes drawing like her ideas and going to the kids area. That's perfectly fine. Uh, Baby Force also likes the Whitecaps mascot, Spike. She loves Spike. Oh, everything's about Spike. Spike might try to eat my head, or Spike might go and touch my hair. But see, that's all Spike might. She likes Spike from, like, a two-section distance. So, what occurred one game is Spike comes by the kids' area, because why not? I mean, mascot kids, often it's a good mix. And he goes to give Baby Force a hug and Baby Force loses her mind. Like the whole like withdraw, like look of panic, fear, distress, whatever on her face. And Spike like sort of taken aback by that. And my wife took a picture of sort of that very moment. So you can sort of think about it, you know, withdrawn sort of child and a, and a mascot who's sort of coming in for, for an unwanted hug. Unfortunately, not really knowing. Now, being the, the horrible father that I am, when my wife sends me this picture, I'm like, oh, this is kind of funny. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, I, I probably shouldn't laugh, but I thought it was, and I decided, oh, I'm going to share this. Like, you know, my, you know, it's part of a learning experience and might be a picture that we can all laugh at, uh, you know, at her wedding in like 40 years or whatever it is she decides she might, you know, get married if she does. And, and I shared it on, on, on Instagram. 
unbeknownst to me, another Whitecaps follower or supporter sees this this picture and and immediately thinks this picture will make a, a great meme. Takes the picture, puts Whitecaps FC uh, representing Spike, and then put Whitecaps fans representing Baby Force, and shared it. Now I happened to stumble across it the following day, or the, maybe a couple days later, because someone had had uh, retweeted this meme on Twitter. It found its way into my Twitter feed, and I'm looking at it, and I laughed. I actually like, oh my goodness, that's that's totally how sort of Whitecaps fans felt after uh, last season. But then you know my brain kicks in, and I'm like. You know, that's my daughter. So on one hand, I, I find it funny. But then on the other hand, it's like, well, wait a minute. That's my daughter. And, and as a father, I, I, I probably, you know, one, shouldn't think to allow for this to happen. And, and two, I, I need to protect her and, and, and watch out for her. I mean, she's only two and a half. I think that's, you know, probably somewhere in this instruction manual that I have yet to receive in the mail. So... I also accept that I'm the one who put it out there, right? Like it wasn't this supporter that took a uh, paparazzi style picture and, and shared it. I was the one who broadcast it to the world on, on Instagram. And I sort of passive aggressively retweeted it saying, you know, Hey, this is my daughter. Probably not something that should have been shared. And people are like, oh, yeah, you should go after this guy. You should tell him how rude. And I'm like, no, no, I'm not going to fault the person for taking what was obviously a funny picture because that's what I thought it was when I shared it to the world and, and running with it, creating a meme that I myself actually found funny. Um, but the uh, the supporter saw my retweet and obviously all the activity and people now starting to you know, form the posse to go and and uh, get after this person reached out to me through DM said, Hey, I'm so sorry. I will take it down. And I, you know, I, I didn't know. And I'm like, I oh, know I, you know what I I'm, I'm going to take responsibility for being the guy who shared the picture of his daughter that created it all. But it was that moment that had me realize that I couldn't just share everything and anything on social media, on the internet. Um, simply because once it's there, you lose control. Yeah. So uh, I have a couple thoughts about that. I mean, on one hand, I met my wife through the internet. So, you know, I can't like the dangers of the internet and the people that, that preach how, you know, the internet's a dangerous place and you've got to watch out. It is, it can be, but it's also a place of, you know, connections and friendships and amazement. I mean, you and I met via Twitter well, and the internet. On, yeah. So, and that one bus ride where you stalked me to that a connection. occasionally tweet. happens. So on one hand, I mean, like my family, my kids in particular, you know, I put pictures on Instagram. I'll put pictures on Facebook. But it's really only to to a family, mostly family and friends, people that I have mm-hmm. locked down. And I have my security settings all locked down. And I mean, I don't let you into my Instagram account unless I actually know you usually. So, I mean... The thing is, they can't consent. And, you know, we're, we're in this new world. I mean, within our generation, this is a new world where, you know, when we were kids or when we were teenagers, there were pictures of us taken. And I thank God those aren't on the Internet. I have some pictures of myself around <laughs> 20, 21 that, you know, I'm glad there wasn't a digital camera. It wasn't a phone. It wasn't they weren't quite there yet. So, I mean, I'm glad that those things aren't there. Um, and yeah, for our kids, I mean, 20 years from now, 30 years from now, that picture will still be floating around. I mean, hey, it could be a cute, innocent picture or it could be 
them crying and screaming. It's a moment in time and you don't know what's going to come up. And I mean, when I was in the workforce, when I was hiring people, I would Google them. I would look them up and I would see what would mm. come. And, uh, you know, that picture of baby force as a baby upset at a, at a webcast game. And I mean, I'm, if I'm that person and I'm saying, Oh, I'm a white cast fan. And this person didn't like the white cast. So they were only two, but still I'm not hiring them because of that. It's, yeah. you know, there are unknown consequences that we can't foretell. On the other hand, it's also, as I mentioned, just it's like a moment in time. And you can't like I had one example where a family member put up a picture of somebody at a Canucks game. And I was a little bit uh, I was a little bit raw at the time on this whole subject because my daughter was about six months old and we were going to take her to a Canucks game. And I mean, we had all the proper gear. We had ear gear. We had all the protection. All We were being proper, diligent parents. But uh, my one of my family members put this up on their Facebook page, and it was just it was a picture of a kid screaming at a Canucks game, and instantly mm-hmm. the crowd. And I mean, at this point, the whole term "boomer" has come in. These were a crowd of boomers who basically jumped in on it and didn't have any parenting. Their kids were all in their twenties, thirties, and beyond. But they came in and said, "Oh, that parent! What are they thinking? Bringing their kid to a Canucks game." And they piled in. And I mean, I was a little bit sensitive and I got in and I started defending it where I had, you know, it was me versus 30 older people that. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. I was defending and, you know, you do that. And it's just like it's a picture. It's a moment in time. You don't know why that kid was crying and you can't judge somebody's entire life and parenting and whatever on a single picture of a moment in time. So it actually got kind of uh, passionate and kind of heated. And I ended up not talking to those family members for multiple years afterwards until it all. So, I mean, it's it's one of those things. And it's really, it's, it's interesting. And so, yeah, I mean, I keep my kids. We, like, when we travel, we obviously take a lot of pictures. We keep that to sort of a private photo album that only a few people know about and we keep the i keep the uh general pictures more general also my wife has an instagram page where she she does board games so she qualifies for our our geeky dad cast too but uh but yeah she has a board game instagram account and so she'll take pictures of us playing board games or the board games themselves and she makes sure to never actually have the kids full face in there you might have a hand you might have Mm-hmm. because hey you know she's got a thousand or a couple thousand followers now and you don't really know who's out there and you don't really want to put your kids under that microscope and and you know what and i think what you just said it's you know the the inability to consent but also the fact that there is this microscope it wasn't something that i had truly understood um i'm I'm out there on social media. I have uh, ever since I popped on Twitter. I think it was back in like oh seven, and it's been on Twitter for a long time. Facebook, Instagram, those are sort of the three that I use for the most part. Um, but I'm also cognizant that what I put out there is out there. So, like when I'm talking about, uh, uh, and I'll use social media as an example. It's very rare that you'll see me talk politics. It's not because I don't have strong political leanings. I truly do, but I don't believe that social media is the best showcase for me to go in and get into a reasonable conversation with people uh, over such things. I mean, what is it that I might get in a, a reasonable conversation about? Oh, the Vancouver Connects, which even then it's hard to get into a reasonable conversation with some <laughs> people over. It's been years. And yet it is. So 
the the challenge for me is that I've still, however, been out there. Like I would share like uh, what was going on. Like I, you know, last year when I, or actually two years so ago, I guess it was when I was in the hospital. I mean, I was sharing pictures of my view where you got to see me in a hospital bed and my feet because that was what I got to look at for an entire week, right? Like I would share something like that and people would then engage. And then one person's like, I can't believe you're sharing a picture of you in the hospital. Aren't you embarrassed? I'm like, no, I'm in a hospital and those are my feet. Like I'm not, I'm not snapping the picture of the feet of the other guy next to me. Cause that would be rude. But you know, that was me. I was making that decision, but you know what? I don't think I would have ever gone as far of taking a picture of a baby force in a hospital. So what, what makes this white caps match any different? What makes this, this picture of vulnerability any different? And it was unfortunately someone else memeing it with unintended consequences. Like, should that person have reached out and said, Hey, this is what I want to do. Oh yeah, totally. They owned up to it. When we were having this conversation, they were like, I, I, I saw this. This is what I did. I was not thinking. And I, you know what? I'm not going to fault them for, you know, realizing, Hey, you made a mistake. Cause guess who made a mistake too? me. I, I put the picture Absolutely. there, right? But, but what ultimately has occurred? Well, that picture has since been deleted and the internet's forever. It's, you know, for some reason you're listening to our podcast and, and you don't know this, the internet is actually built for redundancy in mind. There's redundancy for the redundancy for the redundancy. When the, someone says the internet is forever, trust me, there is a copy of it somewhere, somehow, and it could always serve a show back up. My hope is that baby force will have forgiven me if it ever shows up when she's like 16, 20, 48, whatever it happens. To yeah. Be. I mean, it's a kind of different it's a, a two-year-old at a soccer game is kind of different than say, you know, if you're out swimming at the beach on your Hawaii vacation or something, mm-hmm. you know, you don't want to put out a picture of your nine-year-old in her bikini out there or whatever, you know, it's all sort of, it, it has to do with place and time and what it is. I mean, in this example, I think it's innocent enough. And I don't think that even if ba- at when teen force happens, I mean, she'll probably get upset at you for a lot mm-hmm. of things, but I'm not sure that'll be one of them. You'll have, there'll be other embarrassing things by then. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, it's all sort of context. The, uh, it's, it's actually another interesting point you bring up sort of on the beach in Hawaii. Like we, we went to Hawaii last year and there's one of my favorite pictures is baby force and I standing on the beach in Maui and, uh, just the ocean behind us. I mean, all it is, it's essentially a profile picture, but it's actually also representative of the type of pictures that I'm now sharing on social media baby force. It's not just her. It's often her and me and it is profile. It's head. Um, I mean, even if I take that a step further before this whole, you know, issue where I finally came to the realization of, I need meaning to think before I tweet, there's a picture of baby force and I lying on a blanket and a sock. And all it is, is it's like, each of us sort of lying with our heads in the back, you know, hand up or whatever. And there's a sock and we're, you know, she's smiling. I'm smiling to me that that's a precious moment. I don't think there's any harm in sharing that. Like, again, it's, it's, it's sort of no different than if I were to take a picture of us here right now, the difference though, I will concede is that, yeah, she's not an active participant and, and nor would she ever say no necessarily, but, and the beach is that's sort of where my focus the is. The beach is a far more beautiful place than where we are right now. I mean, it's it's lovely, oh, yeah, but totally. yeah. I mean, I can see all the, you know, uh, sellers of Catan board games behind you. You can see all the junk that's found its way into the den. Yeah, yeah. Uh, settlers of Catan games that we're not actually allowed to play. So, oh. yeah. 
My wife, yeah, originally, and I mean, it's kind of getting a little off topic, I guess, but uh, originally we started collecting board games so that once we had our, once we had kids and as they got a little older, we'd have games to play and we thought, oh, well, family nights mm-hmm. and all of this. So, of course, you know, so we don't do, and I'm sorry if we lose, if I lose fans or uh, anything for saying this, but we do not play Monopoly. I used to have Monopoly. I played it growing up. I uh, I have, again, family members that think Monopoly is a gr- fantastic game. Um, it's not. I'm sorry. It's not. And we don't play that in our house. So we have Catan. But even Catan now, my wife has sort of moved beyond. And so we have it up there. I think my son would enjoy it and we should play it sometime. But at the same time, we've got, I mean, you can't really. If I was to do a, a scrolling screen around me, there's a couple hundred board games and various shelves. So uh, Catan's still up there just sort of as a legacy thing. And uh, yeah, yeah, so. Well, there's a lot of Catan behind you. I mean, it's... There is. There's a few of them. Yeah. It's it's great podcast material, us describing what we see behind each other. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> like I say, we peaked in the in our lost, lost episode last time, and it's only kind of downhill from here. So uh, yeah. I'm sorry, loyal listeners. We're... we're we're probably going to get get a little better, I guess. We'll yeah. see. The you know back to sort of the topic. Yes, I think you and I have who have slight uh, different approaches. I wouldn't say slightly different. I think they're different approaches. And you're you've locked down like for instance your Instagram. Mine is public. You can find Chris Golden if you're listening right now and you're like, oh, who's this Chris Golden guy? You can search for me. I'm easily found. Um, in fact, I think I've shared my my username Lightforce multiple times. So it's not something I'm going to hide behind. You could go back and you could see pictures of me, baby force. You'll also see pictures of food. You know, like I take the most mundane pictures and um, very, very rarely are they anything more than than boredom. It's just sort of me taking a picture of a point in time um, as sort of a memory or a reminder. Um, You could probably go through my Instagram feed or even through Twitter and you could see all these pictures of, of Chris and, and baby force. Almost all of them are us standing there smiling, probably at a white caps match. <laughs> you know, how many, how many different times do you have to see the same picture us standing in front of our seats, taking a picture of us in the field or the other direction uh, with people like photo bombing in, in the background. But, you know, I, I, I do allow for that. That was something that I was doing prior to this issue. And it's something I continue to do. It's just the type of pictures now, but that I share that include baby fours. They, it's almost like a, a self filtering process. If I share this, what happens to it? Yeah. And I think, um, see, it's the reasons for doing it is sort of, is what I'm kind of wondering about. I mean, I think in the essence, you and I have different reasons for putting that stuff out there. And, uh, I mean, Granted, you've got you know several thousand followers here and there, and uh, and not not quite got that many yet until the granddad cast comes up, and by then mm-hmm. I hope we're in the millions easily. So I mean it's it's more locked down, and it's sort of just a private thing. I mean I look at my Instagram feed these days, and I mean it existed before I had kids, but uh, these days it's really just a photo album of the kids growing up, and originally that was mostly for their grandparents who don't live nearby. Mm-hmm. And for family across the across the world, and I mean, just to, so they can have a little bit of a picture into our lives, and so I didn't have any real urge to put that into the general public. Now, my Twitter account's out there, and I mean, same as you. If you Google me, I, I pop up. Um, I've had mostly good experiences with that. I have had some creepiness as well. I mean, um, 
I was in the I was on the front page of the Vancouver Sun about five years ago, and uh, it was for for a problem with uh, with the co ops in the city. But anyways, that's long in the past. But I I did a Kickstarter for a tent, and this tent got a little bit late. And so as Kickstarters go, you know, people complain about it. Mm-hmm. And the the guy who was behind the tent sent everybody an email, but he didn't he didn't put BCC on it. He didn't blind send it to everybody. He put everybody's addresses in. Awesome. So, uh, so a lot of people were pissed off about that, and I said, so I just sort of piped up and I said for a second, you know, look, the guy had a, he made a mistake, bad day, but uh, you know it happened, and still it's fairly private, and you know it's not a big deal. And I don't remember exactly what it was that I said, but I pissed somebody off, and they were like, oh, and look at you, and they pulled up a Google picture of me from the front of the Vancouver Sun like three <laughs> years before, and it was really kind of creepy, and it was like, you know, here I am talking about something, nothing that has anything to do with that, but this person decides that they're going to pull up, Google me, and pull up this random photo of me as well. So, I mean, for me, I felt a little bit, you know, I'm an adult, I made the choice to be there, I made a choice to put myself out there, and uh you know, usually that's all right. But uh, in this case, it felt a little dirty and a little creepy and a little bit like, wow, this guy's uh, this guy's creepy. So it gave me the no feeling as you know. Mm-hmm. And so I mean, that's something that I kind of play in as well. It's you know, it, the kids can't make the choices yet. I mean, my son would love to have a YouTube channel. He that's one thing he wants to do. But uh, he doesn't actually, he does, we don't actually think he can make that choice. He doesn't have the actual comprehension of what that entails. Would he get popular? And on the flip side, I mean, I have like a, a friend from high school. His son has a YouTube channel and gets a couple hundred views and who knows. So, I mean, it's sort of, it's one of those things. And it's, uh, it's, it's a new parenting paradigm. And I mean, we don't have the answers. So it's sort of, you have to make your own answer and go with what feels comfortable to you. Yeah. And I, I mean, that, that is actually key. I mean, when we were growing up as kids, what would be the worst that would happen with a picture? Someone has a Polaroid of us and it shows up on Facebook 20 years later. Yeah. Right. Like that was the risk was, oh my goodness, a friend of ours still has that in a shoebox somewhere, mm-hmm. scans it, or uh, now they just take out their phone and, and takes a, a, a picture of a picture. I mean, that, that happens too. Um, it's, it's the accessibility that technology has provided that has really changed things. Um, Sidebar. Yep. Uh, if your son has a YouTube channel, what's his idea as to what it would be? Or is this sort of, I want the channel, but I haven't really gotten far enough to know what the topic would be. Well, it's kind of funny. I mean, last year we traveled, we did eight weeks in Europe. And during that time, he, he and his sister did a vlog and oh, they got, cool. they got pretty good at it. And they, you know, they had their little uh, intros they did every time and they, they wanted to edit them together and put them onto YouTube. So, I mean, we homeschool. So, I mean, all of this is learning experiences, learning how to edit, learning how to take video, learning how to talk on video. Everything is, you know, learning experiences. So there's certainly a, a good side to that. But on the flip side, you know, having that out there, um, that was his original idea. I think he also wanted to have like a science channel. He's very into science mm-hmm. and uh, the king of random is a big one for them where they like to see things get blown up and see random things happen. And I mean, who doesn't? So, you know, my seven year old doing that, my almost eight year old doing that, I could get a following, but uh, we're probably not going to let that happen right now. Yeah. Watch kids blow things up. Come back for more. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I I someone so you know again I'm a little bit off the rails here. I I have a Twitch channel. I've been known to stream my video gameplay from time to time. It happens at least once every year for for Extra Life, which is a, a fundraiser that I take part in. That's uh, 
supports the uh, BC Children's Hospital Network, or sorry, the Children's Hospital Network, um, and it's BC Children's Hospital that I specifically support. But uh, I have um, uh, a mode icons, one of which is is Baby Force. I had one commission's Baby Force, and someone once saw this, like, oh, you should you should get your daughter on stream. I'm like, oh, hell to the no, that's not going to happen. Like, you know, she wants to set up a YouTube channel or a, a, a whatever it is when she can, it will be well down the road. And if it, if it were, I'm not against the premise of her, let's say being, um, you know, your kid's age, but it won't be a, a her page. It will be a her and dad page or a her and mom page. Like ultimately that's just how it will be. Yeah. And even then I'm, you know, I'm, I'm much more apprehensive um, because and it's not that I, it's not that a trust issue. And I, I mean, obviously at two and a half, it's hard to ascertain what's going to happen in, in five and, uh, you know, six years. But the, the thing that, that I do recognize is that as, as a child, you do make decisions and you do things that you don't quite understand. It's, it's not your fault. You don't do it with any ill intent. It's just that the ability to process that, that level of information, that level of understanding, that level of critical thinking is just not yet possible. Yeah. And I mean, you look back at your own life and I mean, not even that long ago, you look back 10, 20 years and you think about decisions you made when you were 20 and you should, by that point, you have consent, you have all these things. But even then, there are many decisions I made when I was 20 that I would not make today. And so you, if you scroll that back farther to six or seven, I mean, or younger, you can't really mm -hmm. go there. And, uh, and yeah, so that's sort of a, it's a really, it's an interesting thought problem as well. I mean, you look back into your own head and you think about all the decisions you've made over the course of your life and you're always just you. It's it's you're an older you, but you're always just you. So those decisions that you made when you were a kid, you can still think about them and you they seem perfectly right to you as a kid or as a teenager or as an early young adult, but you look back now and you're like, "No, that wasn't right. That was a bad call." That's how I, I never arrested made. and yeah, yeah. <laughs> I never made any bad decisions. No, I won't tell that story Child, today. Teenager, yeah, yeah, the whole time. The times we got arrested, that's another podcast. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it sort of got us off the rails there. But I mean, that sort of ties in what we would be doing if we were sharing pictures on social media, if we were creating YouTube channels. Like, I, I, I won't lie, there are YouTube channels where it's like father daughter singing in a car or whatever. And I love it. I'm like, oh, absolutely. I, I totally do something like that. Like, you know, Baby Force likes singing songs. I mean, I'm, I'm a little bit. I mean, she likes the beat. She's like her dad. She likes the tune. The problem is that the songs that she likes doesn't always align with the lyrics that are appropriate. <laughs> uh, like Senior Rita right now. She's like, that's, 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 that's my song. And like, okay. And we, you know, she dances to it, but she's not, it's not the lyrics. It's the tune. Yeah. Um, Old Town Road's another one she's, uh, she's into that. We learned that the tonight that's her song and um there was a mashup of uh ava maria and um born this way that that baby force was also into but again it's it's the tune it's the beat yeah and i mean it doesn't i think that was we said before the when the foul words come up it's more likely to come echoed from your mouth or or your wife's mouth than it is actually from anything they've watched on TV. So 
I mean, the first time my kids said the F word, I think it was my wife. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. The first time my daughter said the F word, it was my wife. She swore. And then you heard in the background, the little cute uh, two-year-old's voice saying the same word again. And uh, mm-hmm. we, we smiled and laughed and then tried not to smile because you didn't want them to keep doing it. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not surprised it's your wife having met her. I mean, yeah. Hope, hope yeah she doesn't listen to the podcast. No, she doesn't. No. <laughs> Oh man, we've we've got a lot of rails here, but thanks for having having a good time. Yeah, it's all good. So uh, yeah, back to social media. I don't know, like like I said, I mean it's it's a personal choice, and we don't really know what that means. We, you know, tune in again to the Nerdy Granddad cast when we'll have a another we'll have the answers. Yeah, we'll have the answers by then, and yeah. we might not have enough consciousness to actually stay on topic even then. With the you know the side roads will go down in that conversation. We'll yeah, see. We'll talk about, you know, you know, potty training and how, <laughs> what diapers we wear. Yeah. Reverse potty training. I remember I was potty trained once. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, you know, and the other thing as well I'll mention is if if you have a, a an idea and a thought or something that you do when it comes to sharing, on so, you know, pictures on social media uh, of your kids, uh, I'd love to hear you know what those thoughts might be uh just drop us a line you can get to us on twitter at uh, nerdy dadcast uh, facebook is facebook.com nerdy dadcast or by email which is feedback at nerdy yeah i mean we had an initial list of things that we decided to plot out for this just some little bit of brainstorming and we haven't actually brainstormed again since that initial list so uh we've got enough for you know a few more podcasts and then we're gonna start thinking again and thinking thinking yeah. is hard so if you want to think for us we'd be very appreciative so we're going to take a quick break here uh, to let these brains cool down because, you know, as John just said, thinking's hard. And then uh, we're going to get ourselves a little nerdy. Last episode, where it ended up just being me, I talked a little bit about Picard. And, and at the time, you hadn't actually had an opportunity to watch the series yet. That's true. I understand uh, you have now. It's a few episodes in. Yeah, I've seen the first two episodes of the series. The third one aired today. We haven't watched it yet. So, but yeah, I am mm-hmm. definitely in and I'm definitely a fan. You know, okay. So that was something I was curious about. Because I, I, I would... Uh, suggests that of sort of the big Star Trek fans that I have in sort of my circle of friends, the majority like it. The majority really like how they're taking the series, um, you know, maintaining canon, but also not like making this just like TNG 2.0. They're, they're almost doing it very, you know, methodically very smart. I will admit there are things that I have questions about and it, it just, it, it, it feels so much like this was a series that was written for streaming media in mind where you would binge yet it's airing on an episodic weekly format, which makes it tough. Um, Cause again, I, you know, a few episodes in and, and we're sitting here. Uh, so who's this? What's that? What does this mean? Is that what I think that is? Like now, having watched the few episodes, watching the introduction, and even that first episode where you're like, oh my goodness, what's this? And now, this, oh yeah, so that makes sense. Like, you know, these, every episode is asking more questions than they are answering, but at least they're getting answered. Yeah. But what I was just trying to say is that the ones that really enjoyed are sort of, the, I think, where I'm describing, the ones that don't, I think for them, and I won't put words in their mouth, but based on the comments that they're providing, is that they don't like the fact that it isn't TNG 2.0. 
So yeah, I think that's a very common problem with fandom these days. I think there's so many things where people want a continuation of the things that they had when they were either a kid or a teenager or whatever. And I mean, I think, I'm not sure if this was a po- podcast we talked about when uh, the, the, the last podcast, but I'd mentioned previously, you know, we started watching, we started watching the next generation again to uh, prepare for this. Cause you know, I haven't seen the next generation since the nineties when I was a teenager and I loved it at the time. But, uh, but yeah, so I started watching it again. The first couple of seasons were really hard to get through. And I mean, we have sort of this idea in our heads that it was always amazing and glorious and it should be this, but I mean, I'm happy for a continuation. I'm happy for a new idea. I'm happy for a new story. I'm happy for the story at all. So, I mean, that's part of it where I, when I see people complaining right now, I'm like, you know, honestly, I'm, I'm happy this exists and that should Mm -hmm. be enough. And I think we've seen like, it's been analyzed to death. Of course, the whole star Wars thing where the, the last Jedi got horrible reviews by fans, by a certain contingent of fans, allowed internet fans. I mean, critics liked it. I personally liked it. But then you see the studio sort of go the other way and sort of overcorrect for that loud contingent of fans and make, you know, I, I as we've said before, I really didn't like the last uh, Star Wars movie. So, I mean, again, people do, and that's fine. I respect that. But you have a movie that was kind of written just for what fans thought they wanted, and then nobody really, really, really liked it. Yeah. So my thing with Picard, I mean, yeah, I can see that argument where, you know, it's not just Picard 20 years later. Everybody's a little bit more geriatric and, you know, he's, he's drinking prune juice instead of, instead of wine. But, uh, but no, I like the idea and I, and, you know, I like a lot of the things they're putting into it. I don't want to say anything specific, specific, because, you know, I don't really, I, I, we can get spoilers anywhere on the internet, but, Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, we watch it and then the first thing we do is log into YouTube and see all the various breakdowns of all the various things and all the various ana- analyses. And, you know, there's a after show that's uh, hosted by Will Wheaton, which is we watched for the first one. So, I mean, you've got Wesley Crusher doing the after show, which is pretty great as well. And yeah, I'm just kind of happy that it's there and I'm excited by a lot of the things that they're bringing back. I mean, there's enough nods to the past and a lot enough of the crowds from the past. And when you hear about what they're doing for the second season, it's uh, also pretty, pretty cool. And I'm just, I'm glad it exists and that's all. Yeah. And, and that's sort of my take. Like I, I am enjoying it for what it is. It's not trying too hard and it's not trying to be too different. Um, it is almost the right balance of each. Um, you brought up you're, that you're happy, you know, that it's available. And it's interesting that Star Trek as sort of a uh, television series has suddenly had this huge resurgence. Um, we, you know, we have, we have Star Trek Discovery, which sort of kicked it off and it's done well, decent to well. I mean, it's not blown any viewership records, but it's already spun up a spinoff section 31. So that's going to apparently either air or start filming after the next season of Star Trek Discovery is being finished, which I believe Star Trek Discovery won't actually start up and air until Picard is done. And that sort of makes sense. It's the same network that, that has the rights. So why would they want to start to, um, you know, dilute their own audience? But um, I'm worried that they're oversaturating uh, you know, and I, I, 
I don't necessarily know if that's completely possible because again, section 31 where discovery has gone and they're going to be sort of slightly different universes and eras. And then we have, you know, Picard in the middle, which technically speaking is part of the same canon and universe ish. But we don't really know. I think it's an interesting thing. And I mean, I think it's actually kind of a well, a well done way to do it. Cause I mean, if one of those spinoffs doesn't work, then they make it a, a one season spinoff. And I mean, you've, you mentioned session 31. If people don't watch that, then, Hey, there's 10 episodes of that that exist. And they say, that's all the story we wanted to tell. And mm-hmm. they move on to the next one and sort of rejig and do whatever. I mean, there was there was a lot of cries on Discovery. A lot of people didn't like what Discovery was doing initially. I mean, I was pretty hard into it right away. I think I hadn't uh, I hadn't had a Star Trek fix in quite a long time. So once that came along, both the seasons that have aired so far and what they did going into the third season were uh, both uh, I found really really um, interesting and surprising. I mean, yes, a lot of the initial stories in the first season were. Uh, kind of by the numbers to a certain extent where you could kind of predict what was going to happen. I think very few people predicted what was going to happen at the end of season two. So, I mean, yeah, I think they're sort of coming into their own. And as it is with most Star Trek shows, it takes that two seasons to get really the show to get to where it's supposed to be or get to where it actually it's happy spot, I guess. Yeah. You know, actually, and I'm going to let it out here. If you haven't watched uh, Star Trek Discovery at the first two seasons, uh, you are well outside of the spoiler zone. That's so fair. A little specific. Uh, ending of season one. I mean, I, I, I was reminiscing hard on, on the end of season one when the old uh, USS Enterprise comes flying up and you actually get the old, uh, the TOS sort of sound, like the, the I don't know, it's like bells or whatever for the do-do-do. Um, and then I actually thought they did a really good job at bringing in um, the essentially, you know, Enterprise crew and getting them involved. Uh, they also explained a way as to why would the Enterprise not have been involved in this like epic battle? It's because they were again, you know, exploring galaxies <laughs> and on a sci- mission of science or whatever, right? Like it. So I, 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 I like that. Now, the end of season two, where they've now gone and taken Discovery and thrown it well into the future, answers the big question in my mind is if Starfleet had this type of technology then, how did it not exist in what we would have known as the TNG, the DS9, uh, even the uh, what's a who is it era? What am I thinking of? Enterprise, Voyager. Voyager. No, Voyager. Voyager. Enterprise makes sense because Enterprise was well in, in, uh, in the past. But, like, I mean, if they had a Star Trek Discovery technology, you know, well, geez, Voyager went to the Delta Quadrant. Let's go just get them home. <laughs> right. But, I mean, by that same argument, uh, Enterprise, its whole, all of its systems looked a lot better than the original series did, and it was set in the past. So that's always sort of a complaint within Star Trek where, you know, it doesn't look like it did in the 60s, which I honestly, you know, if you had, I mean, maybe you have a show and you make it like it, it looked in the 60s, and maybe people would be happy by that. But personally, I like the uh, more modernized future tech yeah, I guess like the, the te- when I say technology, I'm not trying to generalize like oh it looked newer. It's more the you have a, a, a ship 
that can go from this point in time in space to that point in time in space, you know, through the mitochondria network or whatever the heck it is, right? Like that, that part is what sort of, you know, starts to introduce plot holes into this universe that I've grown up with. Now I haven't read, I haven't read any of the books of which there is a golden who writes books. Yeah. Everything now for right. So, Anyhow, I mean, at, at the end of the day, it's I'm just excited, just equally that Picard's on, and uh, I got something to watch that, uh, unfortunately, uh, neither my wife nor Baby Force are at all interested in. That's okay. I mean, I have a lot of those shows, and honestly, though, I don't get to watch a lot of those shows. There's a lot of those shows that build up, and people say, hey, have you watched this? I'm like, no, because my wife doesn't do, like, horror shows or gory shows or... Right. So, you know, then these certain shows we just don't ever end up watching. And I'm always sort of say, you know, I'll take my own time and do that. But when it comes to my own time, I'm going to sit there and play a video game or something instead. So, yeah. So I'm well. Oh, go I'm ahead. glad the Picard's there and we all can watch it. And my, my wife is uh, enough of a Star Trek geek from her past as well that she enjoys it quite a bit. Cool, cool, cool. Well, on the note of video games, and this is just me being, you know, uh, a a a self-promoter. Uh, one of my other podcasts is on the Vancouver Titans. And if you didn't happen to know this, the Vancouver Titans uh, Overwatch League team kicks off the regular season this weekend. In fact, you might be listening to this podcast episode after they've already uh, played the first match. Um, but I'm pretty excited. It's it's amazing how like competitive esports has sort of you know got me following to such a degree that I'm, I'm genuinely excited and getting into it. And I don't know if it's the traditional sports, you know, deficit that I've been experiencing here in, in Vancouver. Like the Canucks haven't been good for, for a few years. The Lions haven't been good for a few years. Uh, the white caps, even when the one season where they were good, they really weren't that good that season. Like it, it, there's, <laughs> you know, I'm, and then suddenly I'm like, Oh, Hey, there's esports, And I'm not trying to take, um, you know, like things like the Vancouver giants out of the picture or the Vancouver Canadians. Like I, I do follow pretty much all the Vancouver sports teams. Um, but yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm really jazzed by this. And, you know, not only am I seeing, uh, obviously success with the Vancouver Titans and seeing success with the podcast behind it and I'm connecting with people. Um, you had mentioned how, you know, you had met your wife, uh, uh, online. That's actually where I met my wife. I mean, when, when my wife and I had met, we technically met on the internet, but it was like, well, before even meeting people on the internet, it was considered okay. Not like dating them and then marrying. Yeah. We, we come from that era. Mm-hmm. But it's the ability to to have something like you know an esport that brings us together, getting connected. I mean, even you and I, I mean, the internet's what brought us together, but it was actually sports that brought us together. That's true. You know? The early days of Canucks Twitter. I, yeah, I joke about you, you know, stalking me on a bus. It just happened to be we were both on the same bus going to Granville Island to a Canucks tweet up. Anywho. That's all happening this weekend. So if you're interested, uh, check out the Ready Set Poem podcast. If you're not, that's okay too. You'll occasionally hear me drop it because, again, I like to self promote. So for my geeky moment uh, this week, I think what I've been playing a lot of recently with the family actually is uh, is Puyo Puyo. Have you ever played any Puyo hmm. Puyo games, Chris? Uh, I don't think I have. I'm not okay. sure what Puyo Puyo is. So it would have come in, the first time I ever had any experience with it was back for the Sega Genesis. There was a game called Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine. And it seemed like kind of a, yeah, Dr. Robotnik's Sonic fame. 
So uh, it seemed like it was kind of a Tetris ripoff. And I never really, I played a bit of it when things like, you know, dating myself here, but the Sega channel was uh, something you could plug in and order and get on your Genesis. And so I played it then and it was pretty cool, but I, I was more of a Tetris guy always. So, so recently we've picked these up for the Nintendo Switch. There was a Puyo Puyo Tetris, which is a combination of, of Puyo Puyo, which I guess is big in Japan and Tetris. And there's one just called Puyo Puyo Champions where, you know, that's one we've been playing recently and my entire family plays it. And, uh, and the four of us sit down and we have quite the time. And uh, my, my seven-year-old is actually getting quite good. Normally they make me handicap myself. But <laughs> you're a series of little blobs that sort of pop down the screen, a la Tetris, and they all come together. And uh, and yeah, it's been sort of our geeky family night time recently. Um, the thing is, I totally suck at it. I- I'm not that good. And I don't actually understand really how it works. But So I'm sort of feeling a little, little bit... Uh, a little bit lost in it, but mm-hmm. uh, still, it's a good game for the whole family. Everybody's playing it. My four-year-old is even managing, to, or five-year-old now, sorry. My five-year-old is even managing to beat us yeah. quite regularly, so I would recommend that for a geeky time. Puyo Puyo. I actually Googled it, much to my uh, worry that I was going to type it in incorrectly, but uh, I think I've actually I've, I've seen it before. I can, I can say that I've seen it. I can't say I've played it. Yeah, well, it's been around for a long time, but I mean, yeah, it's just a, a recent thing here that we're kind of picking up, and uh, and yeah, it's it's fun. I think no, we have fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. See, Baby Force helps me play Hearthstone. Okay, um, I can assure you that uh, her helping me play Hearthstone is much less help, more so her play. That's fair. Yeah. So if uh, you ever run into Light Force playing Hearthstone, you can probably tell the uh, the player by the. Uh, quality of craziness that might take place. But Baby Force gets real excited, so that's what matters most. That's all that matters. So as we look to to maybe wrap up our episode here, um, you know, John, you had sort of shared it earlier, as did I. I mean, if there are things that you would be interested in hearing us talk about, you know, shoot them our way. Um, you know, the podcast topic list that we put together is just stories that we can relate to and talk to, but there's also many stories that uh, you as parents have experienced that we'd love to hear about. And, you know, for us, it could one be something that we can relate to and talk to, or two, it could be something we haven't experienced, but then we can sort of wonder like, how will we approach that and help us become, you know, phenomenal fathers by sharing what you have learned. You know, it's like you learn from the forefathers before you. Let's not repeat the mistakes. (laughs) Yeah. Don't miss those guys. (laughs) But uh, yeah, no, drop them our way, and and uh, we'd be more than happy to 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 talk about it. But uh, any final uh, words of wisdom that you have to uh, to share with uh, our our millions and millions of listeners? Because I know that's what we have. So yeah, um, the internet is a series of of tubes, and once you put pictures inside it for your kids, they will never come out of the tubes. So be very careful with those tubes and where the pictures go down and that's you know it's it's a thursday night here and i'm kind of tired so wisdom is hard thinking is hard watch out for the the tubes the only thing you should put down the tubes is mario (laughs) Uh, uh, the the advice that i have don't tie your shoes in a pumpkin patch that's no why no because farmer might think you're stealing pumpkins come out with the gun Uh, right i mean (laughs) don't want that to happen that totally could happen. I don't know. I, it was. I remember in high school. It was like one of my high school teachers used to give us like words of wisdom on every, like every Friday, 
And that was one of the things he said. And we're all sitting here like that happens, but he was, he grew up in a different era. Yeah. And I, I mean, that brings to mind my grandmother's favorite saying, and it was, uh, don't, don't get kicked in the ass with a frozen boot or it's better. It's better than a kick in the ass with a frozen boot, which, uh, I guess it would be, I don't know. Not my generation. Yeah. It's like one of those things. Should I go out and get, you got a frozen boot? Like where does one acquire frozen boots? I mean, it's cold outside right now. It's wet. If you left it out there long enough, it might freeze. I don't know, but yeah. Well, again, tune in each and every week to get these, you know, wicked, awesome, very helpful tips and words of advice that we can provide at the end of almost every episode. If you're looking for us online, though, as I mentioned, it's nerdydadcast.com, facebook.com slash nerdydadcast, as well as nerdydadcast on Twitter. And if you want to drop us an email, it's feedback at nerdydadcast.com. So on behalf of John at John Bresney's, myself at Lightforce, also known as Chris, I am also equally tired, so I'm going to sign off with those magical words of stay nerdy, my friends. <laughs> <laughs>